0: welcome to the Reclamation Project podcast. We are so glad that you're here, that you're listening, and hopefully that you are a part of the conversation. Last week, we started a discussion on love and marriage and relationship and uh, just in that, how communication works. And uh, so today we're going to continue that conversation. But before we do that, we're going to go back and hopefully communicate something better than we did the first time. (laughs) Um, So, Uh, We had some feedback from a listener who basically uh, had some questions about uh, something that we said uh, pertaining to how communication works within relationships. And so we just want to address that and make sure that we're clear with that. And then we'll move on to our conversation today.
1: And and I do want to say thank you to that listener. And feel free, uh, those of you who listen on a regular basis, to do that. Uh, we want to make sure that it's not just words, but that our, our points are uh, given out clearly, and feel free to let us know by all the different ways you can reach us um, if there's a point that you'd like clarified. So we were, we were talking about how uh, what things influence how we communicate and how we treat our partner, and, and the point of, of contention or the clarification was in those two points we talked about from the religious background that filters into uh, like a, a belief system and it was the uh, the difference between the complementarian theory and the egalitarian theory so let me just do a a little better job of of clarifying that uh the complementarian theory is how I grew up and uh it is probably what we'd call old school uh baptist word of thought and the egalitarian theory is what I what I after a lot of study and and infusing myself into understanding what God says about marriage is really what I believe now, and I think a lot of people uh, track along with this. Uh, The complementarian theory, obviously, was when men were made to have authority over women, uh, at least at marriage and in church, and together they have different gifts and roles, but the woman is there to complement, thus the term complementarianism. And some of those points, and, and let me contrast it with egalitarian theory so we can understand both of them. So the first one, uh, that men were made first before women, therefore men have a greater role. Well, the egalitarian theory, what I hold to now is that order creation has nothing to do with authority, submission, or roles. The old school one was uh, women were made to be a helper to men, and true, Genesis talks about the woman being the helpmeet. But in the egalitarian theory, which is that it's a partnership, uh, the Hebrew word for helper refers to the strong helping the weak, the the healthy helping the sick, the rich helping the poor. So rather than the helper being a submissive role, the truth is the helper is a, a prominent role. Uh, God says the husband will rule over his wife in the old school theory, and that's old school because it's Genesis chapter 3. But if you understand the egalitarian theory that when God created us t- uh, equal to be partners, that Genesis 3 happened because of sin. It wasn't God's design. It to It's what has to be now because of sin. Uh, the rule over the wife is part of the curse. It's really not part of God's design. So I think, I think the clarification came in, what exactly does, does Gary believe in? And I wanted to clarify now that I believe that men and women were made in the image of God to rule together over creation as equal partners and because sin came in and, and tweaked uh, the role, it wasn't God's design. So if we are truly partners and God created us in this sense of equalness, different roles, different responsibilities, but equal, uh, it really will affect how we meet each other's needs and how we communicate.
0: Yeah, and I think we both uh, agree that, that that's the way. It should It should be a partnership. It should be um, something that uh, we have equal value in, we have equal say in, and that we uh, continue to work towards uh, our, our marriage, our relationships together. Mm-hmm. Um, one doesn't uh, outweigh or outshine above the other. It, it's, it's a 50-50. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's something we just wanted to clarify because uh, uh, we felt it, it may not have been so clear uh, to you if you were listening and so we want to make sure that we took a point to do that and uh, make sure that everyone knew where we stood and how we viewed it as we continued the rest of the conversation. So thanks for uh, th- thanks for the feedback again. And uh, today we are going to uh, continue our conversation and our discussion on communication. We're going to look a little bit deeper into that and what it looks like in a relationship. Um there's a few different points that we can look at and in, in, in philosophies, I'd say that we can look at, uh, to, to know how to communicate better, uh, to our partner, to our spouse, to, um, the people that we are in relationship with. I do want to say again, that, um, if you're not married, this is still for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're never going to get married, this is still for you because you can interject your status, um, whether it be single or, Whatnot, you can interject that status in place of the word married in whatever we're saying. We're just using that term as, as the term that we're focusing on. But I think that this is transferable yeah. and uh, interchangeable um, and that the points that we are making are, are ones that can be used in any relationship that you have, whether it be romantic or uh, friendship or, you know, a coworker, what, what, whatever relationships you have out yeah. there you can use this for all those relationships. So um, today we are going and we're going to start, um, first of all, looking at um, something that Gary's brought up a, a few times, which is the soul IDs and, and really how that looks in marriage.
1: Well, We we talked in the past about soul IDs as it refers to discovering our own. And, and I'll just blow through that as a reminder. But uh, once I know my soul ID, then I study my partner. We're going to really kind of lean towards communication as it as more than just verbiage, but uh, how we meet needs, kind of the unspoken communication. Uh, your spouse has emotional needs. They have physical needs. They have spiritual needs. What are they? Uh, h- how would you determine some of Katie's needs, Jeremy?
0: How loud she's yelling at me? That's one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one. obvious. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you observe. Yep. You observe. Yep. You look at what um, she's asking, not even what she's saying, but go yeah. beyond what she's saying and what she's meaning. Yep. Um, and, and, and knowing what those things are, then you can dig down deeper into the root mm-hmm. of what she's really needing. And she might not even know what that
1: is. Yeah, Absolutely. And so it's, it's one thing to observe and identify the need. Then I think the next question is, how can I meet that? See, the way a a covenant marriage relationship works uh, different than a contract we alluded to before is that a contract says, you do your part, then I'll do my part. You you do the job, and then I'll pay you. But a covenant relationship says, I'm going to do my part regardless. And so if that's the case, my goal is to meet my wife's needs. And if I'm meeting Candy's needs first, and she's meeting my needs, both our needs are being met, and intimacy, and, and that's real good. Nonverbal communication happening. So the the sole ID were were these things, uh, and ID meaning internal demands. God has placed these internal demands in us, and they will be met one way or the other, positive or negative. Sometimes neutral, but mostly positive or negative. So let's work through them really quickly when they apply to yourself. If you want to jot these down, and again, I'll repeat that if you'd like a list of these, a digital copy. Uh, email us let us know reach out in one of the different ways you can reach us and i i'll make sure that you get a copy of this and and then there's a soul id worksheet for spouses i'd love to send that to you too uh the first one is security uh, the peace in in us certainty god is placing us this demand for certainty and if you remember each one of these demands were placed uh not only so uh someone could meet that needs but Really, to prove to us that they can only be met in their fullness and completeness by God. So, what makes me certain? And certain is uh, finding peace and predictability and having a balance in my life. It's really the pleasure-pain principle. How how can I be sure of something? I can meet that negatively or positively. The second one is community or belonging, the, the the ability to feel a part of something. Uh, the need for a, a relationship um, either friendship and or relationship third one is the biggest one I think in all my work I I, I think these next two are probably the biggest and that, that is significance significance or or purpose everyone has a need to feel wanted valued purposeful um, valuable and how do I meet that uh, we I think we talked before as so, so if I I can be significant because I have the tallest I built the tallest building in the city, or I can be significant because I knocked down all the other buildings and now mm-hmm. I have the tallest one. So that would be a negative way versus a positive way. And then the second one is is love and and or connection. Um, I put those two in there because connections that would that would apply to those of you who might be single or, or how these principles transfer across relationship boundaries. But even in, even in a male-female relationship, people settle for connection because it's so much easier than love. Love demands a little more action than connection. But everyone has a need to be loved, uh, to give out love and have it received, and to be given love and receive it. And I can meet it a lot of different ways. The negative ways is uh, you'll find people who have had trauma or abuse in their background, and they just search, search for love as as the old country song says in all the wrong places uh, they're getting that need met temporarily but it's negative but there are positive ways to reach those two the last two are more symptomatic of the needs and it's just maturing mature, maturing, and growth anything that's not growing dies uh, and then contribution that we understand that just, just always look inwardly really is boring and not fulfilling but when I'm trying to contribute to something larger bigger outside of me uh that's an amazing feeling. So that's how we check our soul ID. And and in the next month or two, I'll have a 20 to 25-minute audio version that explains this in much more detail. And if you'd like that, just let us know by any of the different ways. Uh, so I I guess the, the questions I would ask in a relationship are this. What do you think your top two needs are? I'd probably say uh, for me, there's three. And I hate to
0: say three <laughs> Cause you asked for two, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think one kind of lends to another. Um, the first one I'd say is for significant purpose, mm-hmm. H- needing that purpose, needing to feel like I'm accomplishing something that I'm doing something that I'm part of something, uh, which kind of lends into love and union, feeling the, the need for love, mm-hmm. feeling the need to be loved and cared for. And then I think as an offshoot of that one, probably, uh, the last one, uh, contribution, feeling that i'm contributing to someone who i'm loving yep. and um in union with
1: you you'd mentioned that in a, a couple podcasts ago and we talked about that of, of relationship really being in partnership so yeah contribution would be would be huge now once you identify those and this is a good exercise to do with a spouse or a friend or, or whoever we you're applying this technique to and we'd go through that and i would say uh so if Katie was sitting here and we were doing premarital counseling, I would say, so, Jeremy, how well do you think Katie makes you feel significant on a scale to 1 to 10, 1 being not at all and 10 being amazing? So once you start to score, and we'll, I'll give you this worksheet. We'll kind of work through that for a second. What, it really lets you know, pinpoint on a map where you are in that relationship. What do you think, what do you think Katie's top two needs are? Uh,
0: one, I think I know pretty – well, first of all, I'm speaking for my wife, so she's probably going to tell me I'm wrong here. Um, I always, I always give a negative connotation to her when I'm talking about. No, she just, you know, she's just yelling smart. at me, you know, for not doing dishes, right, things like that. Um, but I would have to say, um, I'd have to say, community Belong is one of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, we had talked about going back to, to a church setting. Uh, just because she wanted that intimacy that comes with being in community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm the total opposite. I, I could sit by myself and just enjoy days by myself. Um, and, and she is
1: not that way. Right. So in a relationship, if you're trying to meet to meet your need would be easy. Shut the door, turn on the T V, don't talk to anybody. To meet her need means I have to you have to step out of your comfort zone. You actually have to serve her, and that comes from your observation that she loves people. She, she's probably like me. She could have somebody over the house every night. She could go to someone's house every night. Yeah, <laughs> he says yeah, and you can't see the facial expression on the on the <laughs> f- podcast, but I'll tell you that it would be equivalent to the rolling of eyes. Uh, so, <laughs> what do you think her sec? What do you think her second need is? Uh,
0: that that's a hard one. Um, I'd probably say uh, significance and purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, she she loves well. She she's a giving person, you know. She wants to help people, um, so I don't know if that would be kind of the last one, which is contribution, or if it be a significant purpose because she she wants to help people, so she wants to have that purpose of yeah. helping people.
1: And some of them some of them overlap. And whenever you have one need that meets more than one area, if you have one event that meets three needs, it almost becomes an addiction. So it, they overlap. So she likes to contribute to help people, but that also is about connection. She loves to connect uh-huh. with people. Like, you could help people uh, without connection. Uh, anonymous check in the mail or groceries on the door where you don't have to interact. You could just drop. So that's still a contribution. And, or and a cont- if,
0: I mean, if anyone has that need, uh, I can give you my address. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my Venmo <laughs> account number. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: Or you could just send us your pin count. We're f- fine f- with f- all f- of yeah. that. <laughs> so, it It really does come down to I need to study my wife forty one years of marriage in fact we just we just uh had a conversation we'll call it a conversation, a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is the uh the the church or, or church expletive in there somewhere we had a conversation and I, and I said to her just last week really forty one years and you don't know what that what I meant by that, which is just the wrong thing to say um the, the fact is, understanding needs and understanding belief systems and behaviors, I mean, it's a lifetime thing. I'm not the same man I was when I married her. She's not the same woman. So that's constant, constant observation and, and making mental notes. But if we stop there without trying to meet those needs, uh, that's when a relationship starts to either stall or go backwards. So then there's um, love and connection, which we talked about. Then there's growth and maturity. Uh, one of the ways I tell premarital counseling couples, uh, I know it's a good relationship if you're a better man for having her in your life, and she's a better woman for having you in her life. So, the maturity and the growth is we're supposed to do that ourselves. But I, I need to make sure my wife grows, and I'm supposed to bring her about to maturity. That's Ephesians chapter five. We checked. We talked about last podcast. The the husbandman or the farmer, he nurtures and he feeds and he. He protects and he grows. And so that's what a good spouse does. Um, just off the cuff here, how how is Katie a better person because you're in her life? Wow. wow. Can, can we do the, the inverse of that? Because Let's start with that because that will obviously be easier. <laughs> how are you a better man because she's in your life?
0: Uh, she makes me step out of my comfort zone a lot mm. um, because we're so opposite with the community, the sociability, things like that. hmm Um, She pushes me to be better, Um, you know, whether it be healthy eating or healthy lifestyle or whatnot. And I'm definitely not subscribing to that right now. (laughs) But um, as I have my Whataburger sitting right here. Um, But, uh, yeah, she 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 definitely wants me to be the best best version of myself. Mm -hmm. So she pushes me. Um some people call it nagging, I'll call it pushing. Yes. Um, she pushes me yeah. uh to to be better and uh I I think that that has definitely changed me.
1: Yeah. So you just prolifically skipped over the first part that how is she a better woman because you're in her life?
0: I definitely married up, so how do you even say that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um while
1: well, you keep her from being alone? Yes, I, I guess so. <laughs>
0: I'd have to say I probably do the same thing that she does, um, which is uh, I, I push her to be better. I push her to to think of things differently. Um, you know, she we have completely I wouldn't say completely, but we have very different perspectives on mm-hmm. how things work. And and so we're when we talk about those things, we we definitely help each other work through them because we're bringing different perspectives uh, from it. So I, I'd probably say. That's, you know, part of it is as, she, you know, she she pushes me to be more social and to be um, better with people. And, mm-hmm. and when I also push her in, in a different direction, give her a different perspective on being social and, yeah. and uh, you know, help her through situations that she's dealing with with that. Yeah.
1: So as you each do that for each other, you can see the bond that happens and love grows deeper and we'll talk on, a, on another podcast in a week or so about intimacy because that's even a piece of that as well. Uh, I, I was thinking about that, about my wife and I. She, she I guess, pushes is a good word. Um, I, I live constantly in a movie in one direction and squirrel. <laughs> I, I live in the land of squirrel. You hear the I, dog from up? Yeah. Squirrel! I, and and she keeps me you know she keeps me redirected sometimes she has to like physically turn me uh and and sometimes it it comes across as nagging i i did a i just did a men's camp this past weekend and we were taking some principles out of out of Sol, out of uh, Samson the the fact it was the cut the uh the comparing of character and giftedness but if you remember if you remember the the Samson story where it says Delilah just lay, was sitting there, and she nagged him and nagged him until he was tired to death. And then I stopped and I said, you know, my wife wants to do one of those ancestries.com, but I don't think she has to now because she actually has Philistine blood in her. Uh, this was a, luckily. Well, it will get back to her now because I just put it <laughs> on the air, <laughs> uh, and, and so I can look at it at nagging. But if I understand really what she's trying to do for me, it's not. She's trying to better me. I think for her, my wife is is just. She's an incurable introvert. Um, and I do, I do force her out of her comfort zone, uh, within reason. And so there again, when I'm meeting her needs and she's meeting my needs, well, that's, that's nonverbal communication. If I just do something for her that makes her feel significant, kind of way she grew up, she wasn't, uh, uh she wasn't made to feel significant. So for me, that I know that that's I saw her playbook. Her playbook is, she doesn't feel significant, and I get to come in and I get to be the hero. Uh, and that there's every every marriage, every relationship needs a hero. And if we start with ourselves, uh, that's always a winning situation. The last one is contribution. Um, just do we contribute even as a couple to something that's greater than ourselves it's kind of cool to figure out your needs and i'm always being hers and she's being me that is great for us but when we link arms and do something outside ourselves together i mean that increases the connection that increases the love now i now i share my significance and certainty with her and the relationship uh, only gets stronger from that point so all what I have here uh, is uh, what I call a soul ID worksheet that you work through. So husband and wife would sit there and we'd go through each point, and we'd ask uh, security, peace, and comfort. How well does your partner make you feel secure? One to ten, and then you have to answer why. And then sometimes I would sit there and and I would uh, Jeremy, if I was talking to you and Katie, I would look at you and you're going to answer for Katie. So I would look at you and say, Katie. How well does Jeremy love you? Well, you have to be honest about yourself because you're actually answering as you think she would answer, and that is really quite humbling. Uh, This worksheet's available if you email. It's just a good exercise. Honestly, what I've learned in 41 years, you just can't work on a marriage too much. It's a really great thing to do, to work on it. It uh, It causes outward communication. It actually clarifies things in a relationship. In fact, we talked about expectations before, and if my wife's number one uh, sole ID was love and connection, and I thought it was significance, and she didn't share that with me, I have spent a lot of effort meeting her secondary need and not her primary need. So, again, email us, contact us some way. We'll send you this little test, and you can sit with your uh, spouse, significant other, friend, uh, coworker, whatever, whoever you're trying to, uh, develop a, a deeper relationship with it's a really good test to do
0: well and I think that's a it is a great test it's a great tool to have um, to identify how to communicate better um, and I think there's a there's another one out there that we haven't really uh, talked too much about and that's the uh, five love languages yeah um, Gary Chapman came out with a book I think it was ninety five, ninety six, yeah, like somewhere that. in there and uh, based off of his counseling sessions that he had been doing, uh, he identified five love languages that um, just talk about how we receive love and, commu- mm-hmm. and how we um, give love. But I also think when you can identify that love language of your partner – yeah. Um, you can uh, communicate better to them because in the same way that you meet the soul ID, you're also Absolutely. meeting them in the place that they're at, that, that they receive it best from you and that you can give it best to them. So,
1: that is So, right. So the great combination is to identify their soul ID and meet that need with their love language. That's just a win-win. And it's good for having for having goals. And you can write these down and say, this is my goal in our marriage to, to to do these things. But I got to tell you, you know, the true success of a goal isn't the accomplishment of the goal. The true success of a goal, I believe, is who I've become as a person while meeting that goal. So take, for instance, you want to lose weight. The goal is to lose 20 pounds. Success isn't that I lost 20 pounds. The success is who I've become. I've had to become intentional. I've had to become disciplined. I've had to become uh, more aware. And so when you apply all those to your relationships, it's not just meeting the goal of meeting your needs, but in doing that, it's changing you as a person. So we kind of talked about our love languages last time as a personal level, but we're going to look at it this way from a spouse's point of view. And the first one is words of affirmation. Uh, What could Katie say to you that just puts a smile on your face? And remember, there are FFA regulations that we need to apply. <laughs> or FCC, yeah. Are we, are we flying planes or, now? If we're flying, those would, those would translate. <laughs> <We're> oh, man. <laughs> okay,
0: you asked me a question. Let's go back to it. Uh, what, what
1: What would Katie, what could Katie say as a word of affirmation that would you know make you feel good, make you smile, make you feel maybe significant or loved? What one area would she, could she touch and always hit a home run?
0: Uh, I think if she, you know, complimented or brought up uh, a place where I feel deficient, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know what that is because I'm a pretty confident guy, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that right. that is very sarcastic in yep. case you don't know me. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, if there if there's a a place where I just feel like I'm failing, you know, to to encourage me, to bring me up, tell me how awesome I did at it. Uh, Etc. I, I think that w- that would work out. I'm trying to think of one specifically right now. Well,
1: that would touch that idea of sig- making you feel significant. Because if you're not, if you think you're failing, you feel less than significant. So, yeah. she, so she says something that makes you feel wanted, needed, valued. You're yeah. doing a good job.
0: Yeah. If she if she says how awesome of a, a husband, a father I am. I mean, those are places that I continually see that I need work. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, even today, I my kids are sick. They're at home. And I'm thinking, well, crap, I'm I'm being a pretty crappy father right now. <laughs> I'm not paying attention to them as much as I should, and I'm working through work emails and whatnot. So, I mean, if if she said something like that, I mean, I think it would probably, mm-hmm. you know, skyrocket
1: at that point. So based on what you know of her, what word of affirmation could you say to her that would make her light up? Uh,
0: geez, probably the same. I mean, I'd hate to go with the same thing, but – you know there there's times where i've told her you know she's a she's a great mom you know yeah she, i mean she is. she's a freaking great mom yeah um she works at it hard and you know she doesn't always say that mm. and and so there's been times where i've said that and she's just lit up because mm-hmm. she's like you know i haven't been feeling it yeah um, and and katie you're a great mom
1: <laughs> you know it's funny cuz i have this form that's called behaviors i like from my partner and behaviors i don't like and they all have They all have symptoms that follow, like uh, behaviors I like from my partner. uh, It it causes feelings, and then you get a response from it. Simply, uh, here's an example. I like it when uh, you tell me I'm pretty. Because the feeling is, that the wife would say, it makes me feel loved and wanted. And then the response would be, it makes me want to be close to you. So if you're a husband and you're thinking, I'd really wish my wife was closer to me you'd have to go back to let's let's give her some affirmation and and tell her she's pretty i mean these all work really work together um sometimes we love to to make us feel good as opposed to make our partner feel good these today is about meeting needs for them i sat with a uh, one of phoenix finest uh, and i wasn't getting a ticket we were actually in a counseling <laughs> session and he's he's just a big guy, and uh, he he knows he, he listens to this, and he knows who he is. And thank you for letting me share your story. Uh, we were sitting there, and he was telling me how much more he wants of his wife. And I, I, I looked at him, and I said, "You don't really love her like you think you do." He pushed the chair away from the table and stood up. And my first thought is, oh my God, I can't even call a cop because he's a cop. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, how could you say that? And I said, I'll tell you how I can say that if you'll sit down. And I said, so let me just use your words. I'm going to use your words here, not mine. I want her to be closer to me. I want her to love me like I love her. I want more physical intimacy. I want more romance. And I, I go, so what's the prominent pronoun in all of those? He said. Um, I, I go correct. I didn't say you didn't love her, but you love her because you want something. True, biblical, agape, unconditional love is I love them if I get nothing in return. So some of these quizzes and some of these soul IDs and love languages helps identify um, what their needs are, and it puts me in a mindset of meeting their needs and not worry about mine getting met. My my word, af, words of affirmation for me to light me up is just to, to tell me I, I did a good job. And I mentioned that before. If I'm speaking somewhere and there's 500 people there and all 500 said that was the greatest thing I've ever heard, I would probably agree with them and tell them that they've spoken well. But I need to get in the car and I need my wife to say, wow, that might have been one of your best ones. Even if I know she's lying, <laughs> I, I need to hear that for her. Uh, words of affirmation really just don't even register. I, I'm sitting there trying to think what I can say uh, based on a lot of her background, her past. I could tell her she's beautiful because she is and she doesn't want to hear that. I think because she is a, a hands-on person, when she does something craft-wise or she builds something, just to tell her, man, that is an amazing job that, that does light her up. So words of affirmation. Uh, and, and by the way, if you're, if you're, Keeping notes at home, you ought to do this. You ought to make a a list of uh, all the things that you know she likes. You need to be looking constantly for a way to affirm with words of affirmation, Uh, whether it's compliments or or, uh, a note. Uh, You know what I don't like? I shouldn't say I don't like because I think I do it. But when I see uh, people just always do words of affirmation on Facebook and I know they don't do it in person, that (laughs) bugs me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you haven't told your wife to, you loved her to her face for six months, but you do it like once a week on Facebook. Like I, I don't know about the sincerity of that. Well, it's, it's the
0: same thing as pictures. You're like, how much of this is is reality? Yes. You know? Yeah.
1: Because you see
0: it at face value, and you're just like, yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't seem sincere. It doesn't seem like. It seems like it took you
1: 15 times to take that picture, you know, <laughs> yeah.
0: before you got the one that looks good.
1: Yeah. Um, in and the then sa- when you have to use Snapchat filters, then I'm like, that takes a little sincerity out yeah. of the whole thing.
0: Well, in the same way, the words of affirmation, it's like, you know, if if, if you're just doing that, and you don't do it in a, yeah. in a present type of way, yeah. then it, it's not as meaningful. It doesn't have the same effect yeah. and it doesn't, you know, it's not registering probably with the person that you're you know. So if they,
1: if they don't think you're sincere, I think they start to resent those words of affirmation as just more of a duty that you set them. So yeah. instead of giving uh, uh, takeaways at the end, maybe we'll insert one on each one of these points. So uh, take time this week to do something affirming, uh, whether it's a card, a note, a letter, something that you maybe you don't ordinarily do to tell your spouse uh, something that you appreciate, love or respect about them. Do that this week for words of affirmation. Uh, he identified as another love language, which was quality of time. Uh, quality time just means we let us spend time together. And in, the, and in the context of our busy lives, uh, I like that he puts quality of time and not quantity of time because mm-hmm. I, I think I fail quite often at quantity of time. Uh, but quality time, time, how big is that for you and or Katie, quality of time? I think for Katie, it's huge.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know uh, at least when we first got married that was one of her big ones was quality of time and spending that time together Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that it is her primary so much anymore but at one time it was Um, but but spending that time with her spending that you know intentionally uh, you know putting aside what you want to do to spend time with her Mm -hmm. uh, is just a big one I mean
1: it's it fills her love bucket so to speak yeah and, and not by default, it's when you sacrifice something you want to do to be, yeah. spend time with her. Not just, I'm bored and I have nothing to do, I'll sit next to you.
0: Yeah, it's not like, hey, I'll sit next to you and I'm going to be on my phone. Correct, yep. Which, by the way, she you know, she does quite often. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I'm sure many people feel that way. Yes, yeah. you know, I mean, the, what we've become as a society is people who, instead of talking to each other, we yeah. sit next to each other and think that that's. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's not quality
1: time. That's just time. That's just time. You know. And that that's usually the 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 main complaint is that you spend a lot of time with me, it's not quality and you're you're here but you're not present. So, I mean, you got to mm-hmm. make eye contact. You actually have to listen. And you don't listen while you're checking the diamondback score on your phone <laughs> as I was doing last night. That's not listening. It's eye contact. It's maybe Wait. letting her know I heard what she said and responding to a question, right. uh, which means i actually was listening. So, yeah, uh, quantity of time. Quality of time I think is big for uh, for my wife. I I don't know that it's one of my primary ones, but it's obviously a secondary one. The one I always wondered why did Gary Chapman put that in there? I don't know that it's really a, a love language, but I guess it is for a few people, and that's just uh receiving gifts or giving gifts mm-hmm. um my wife could care less honestly if she got it. what about katie
0: oh yeah she doesn't care yeah what I about tried you to, I, I tried to buy her something for for our anniversary one yeah. time um, just a nice piece of jewelry and she returned it yeah. <laughs> <And> it's <laughs> like i don't need that um I'd much rather have time with you. This is like one of our first. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'd much rather have time with you than this piece of jewelry. Yeah. Um, I thought I was being great, but I guess not. Um, for me, um, I, I, I think probably when I was younger, it, it was well, something. The truth is
1: she can't give you a gift you haven't already bought for yourself. No, I, I just, I buy stuff and I return <laughs> it like crazy. Anyone who
0: knows me knows I buy stuff yeah. and I return it. I yeah. love Amazon's 30 day <laughs> uh, return period. In fact, I'm about to use it on some stuff that's right in front of me. So, um, but uh, no, I, I, the gifts. No, I mean, if it's thoughtful, you know, not necessarily something that costs a lot of money, but if it's thoughtful. I mean, I, I also know people who do. They, they want to to receive gifts. They mm-hmm. want to receive monetary stuff yeah. from people, and that's how they feel loved. But I, I, also don't feel like it's a true love. Yeah. You know, when, when I, I, in the same way, when I see this, when I say, is it really a a, a, a true uh, you question the sincerity yeah, of it, yeah. yeah. Is it is it something that truly fills people up when they get something? Yeah. I, I don't think so. I, I, every time I see that, I, I see people who are very shallow. Yeah. And I'm sorry if that's you, if you're listening, <laughs> and yeah. that's your your gift. But that's just been my experience. I, I've seen people that are very shallow with that, and yeah. and when that was maybe my primary, I was probably very shallow yeah, at the same time. Yeah, so
1: I think so, and, and and how these can combine sometimes. Uh, giving a gift could be if, if I mean, these can overlap. So if they love words of affirmation, then just giving them a, a card yeah. with some great, uh, you're the best mom in the world, that really, that knocks out two love language with one stone. Or if it's something or card is the case, maybe. well
0: thought out. Okay. Friends. Watching Friends. Yeah. And uh, in one of the first two seasons, Ross gets Rachel, this, uh, this pendant that they saw six months earlier, yeah. that reminded her of something that her grandmother had and that's what turns Rachel to towards, towards him against yeah. shallow people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but turns her towards him because not because of the monetary value, not because it was a gift that she wanted, yep. but because he remembered something that she saw that reminded her of her childhood and he wanted to give her that because of that and so that, you know, that actually became more important than the pendant. Exactly. Yeah, and, and that's how I think gift-giving can happen is yes. if it's something that's well thought out, something yeah. that's really Meaningful, like a card or whatever else. Um, I, I think that's when giving a gift really works, yeah. and it's not a shallow type yeah. of deal.
1: It took some thought. It took some uh, some sacrifice and some thinking and some listening and some observing. And and it didn't have to happen on a birthday
0: or an anniversary no. or anything yeah. like that. It, it just happens because you want to give that yeah. to somebody. So maybe you know there is some credence to that. Yeah.
1: So be creative this week and think of something you could give your spouse that would uh, light them up, even if it's combining two of these, uh, uh, some quality of time or some words of affirmation. But be creative. Be creative because when uh, the creativity shows there's there's thought behind it, uh, anybody can stop by uh, w- Walgreens. <laughs> Walgreens, yeah. <laughs> In fact, one of the couples I, I meet with, she brought she actually brought it as I mean like I don't normally do show and tell and counseling, but she brought it anyway. So on her birthday, he gave her a card. He didn't even sign it because he goes, you know who I am, and like yeah, okay, <laughs> that's an issue, you know. <laughs> oh. Be creative and uh, try that at, try that this week if you're if you're taking notes or do do a gift of something that took some thought and some creativity and some sincerity and, and light your partner up. Uh, the fourth one is another one which I struggle with as far as a love language, but acts of service where you actually do. Now, this happens to be my wife's primary one. Uh, I could tell her I love her. I could tell her she's pretty. I could give her a gift. I could spend quality of time with her, and all those would be okay. But I sweep out the garage and take out the dishes and the dishwasher, and I am good to go for the evening. I don't understand that one. What, what, uh, how is Katie when it comes to acts of service? you already talked about a, a clean dishes and a countertop so i know that's got to be somewhere in there she doesn't let me clean anymore that's part of the part of the because way that cuz your acts I, of service suck is that what she's yeah. saying okay yes. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, acts of service i i would say you know it's kind of like gift giving in the fact that if you mm. do something out of the norm yeah you know that that without, it, being, asked or without being asked or told without being asked or told then that that goes way further than yeah. just doing something, serving. You know, it's kind of like uh, we, we talked about, did we talk about it on air? I don't know. Uh, but as we talk about serving people through through missions and mm-hmm. through uh, homeless ministries and through, you know, all that kind of stuff is you can go because it's something mandated yeah. or you can go because it's your heart. Yeah. And I think acts yeah. of service is the same thing. I you agree. Know? It, it, it kind of reminds me of oh what was that show oh it was in the office mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows um, but but I know Ryan, you're home thinking Jeremy watches an awful lot of TV yes I do <laughs> I binge watch stuff um, but Ryan Howard is is uh, he's been arrested and he is trying to uh, he's gone back to the office to be a temporary secretary while Pam is off in New York and uh, he talks about his community service and touts it uh, t- touts the the stuff that he's doing and. And Jim says, "Isn't that mandated community service? <laughs> like, no one has to tell me I need to serve my community. But but it's the, it's the same. You can do yes. something out of your heart, yeah. or you can do something because it's mandated because it's required for college, or yep. you know, a judge requires it. Yeah, like yep. Yep. <laughs> like that, or um, or because you feel like it's something you have to do because yep. it's." You know, it's something that's expected of you. It's when it's not expected, and you've done Correct. that. That that's. that's I think if a spouse
1: has to nag you to do it, and you do it, they don't. It's not a. It's not a loved language. It's a, almost they resent you for having to nag you. So, mm-hmm. so try try that at home this week. Make a list of some things you could do for your partner, outside the ordinary. Is not something she asks you to do or nags nags you to do on a constant basis. Do something that might surprise them. Uh, which means it's going to take some th- forethought and some creativity, and you're actually going to have to pay attention and be observant. Uh, so acts of service. And then the last love language, uh, I, every guy has this in the top two. It's not always number one, but it's usually one or two, uh, and that's physical touch. Uh, there, there is something big about touch. I remember when I we, they first built the new building at the church we both served at, they showed me my office, and I had to sit behind this big desk. And I'm like, "You can't counsel people sitting behind a big be- desk. You have to pull your chair around, and you have to sit there. And sometimes you have to touch them on the arm just to make a point." Uh, you saw the documentary about the little babies, in, I think Romania that were suffering because they weren't they didn't mm-hmm. get physical touch. Touch is important. How how important on a scale of one to ten is it to you? Physical touch.
0: I'd say it's my secondary, probably. Okay. Um, you, you know, I, I just. I don't need it necessarily but there's times where I I you know I, I just want to cuddle up and watch a movie with yeah. Katie you know yeah. there's other times where I just want to be sitting on a completely different couch on the other side yeah. of the room from her
1: That's after she yelled at him for not taking out the dishes right but taking out the dishes <laughs> or, <laughs> or putting in the dishes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but
0: yeah I it, it's just um i i think it's something that everyone has like you said yeah um but it's something for me that's just a you know it's a here and there thing yeah. it's it's not something that i'm i hugely need to feel satisfied yeah. it's kind of like a secondary I, to that yeah
1: i would i would say that too and you know guys when they see anything that starts with physical they think that has to do with sex and that's just no. that's not even it uh sometimes it's just uh, holding hands or sometimes it's just a a back rub, or just sitting legged next to leg while you're watching Friends or Office, you know, yeah. uh, or How I Met Your Mother, or or How, or how or I Met park your some Mother, Parks and Rec, yeah, or
0: or The Goldbergs, yeah. Do I, do I need to keep naming them?
1: Wow, Jeremy <laughs> needs to work for Cox TV or something. Know, right? uh, physical touch uh, for, for my wife is is big, but she'll never ask for it based on a lot of her baggage that due to her in her life that happened to her. Um, when we were first married, I didn't understand it because I, I always thought and and the funny thing is, I think I might have mentioned it in a prior podcast that in my family there wasn't a lot of hugging. There wasn't a lot of physical touch. Uh, physical touch to me meant I my rear end met my dad's belt. That was physical touch. <laughs> That's not what he's talking about here as a look because it didn't feel like a love language. Although yeah I guess you discipline those you love, the Bible says, but I still don't look at it as a love language. Uh, but based on my wife, uh, some of the hard things she went through, I'd come home and I, I'd i put my hand on her knee and she'd pull it away. I'm like, wow, what did I do? That wasn't it had nothing to do with about me until until there were times when I'd realize you, if you study your partner, you know they need a hug. If they say, get over here and hug me, well, then, be, then that becomes yeah, almost resentful that I had to tell you. 41 years I had to tell you to come over and hug me. I, can, I know when she needs a hug. Uh, I know when... It's not even – it's probably her third. It's not even her top two, but I know when she needs it because I study her.
0: Well, and that's thats what it all comes down to is it – you know, we have these great tools, you know, of soul IDs and um, and the love languages. But mm-hmm. really what it comes down to is is in marriage and in communication, the biggest component is continuing to pursue and study yeah. uh, the, the person that you're in the relationship with, whether it be partner, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend – uh, co-worker, whatever is, you need to learn how to how do they tick, how do they work, and, and when you do that, you realize the times where you need to step in and the times yeah. where you need to step back. Absolutely, and and uh, the things that they need to fill them up and the things that you just need to hey, I don't I don't need to say that. Yeah. Necessarily, unless I really want to take them off, which is another study. In which itself. is another study. <laughs> um, but if we're looking for positive communication, yeah, we're, we're staying positive. Um, we want to we want to study them. We want to continue to um, just to immerse ourselves in who they are and, and knowing who they are and what they're about. I think that's the one thing that a lot of marriages, uh, you know, lack is once you're married. And, and this is how I felt when I got married: is once you're married, oh hey, yeah, you don't have to work so hard anymore to pursue. And uh, I remember a a buddy of mine told me um, before we were both married, he said, that's the biggest thing missing from marriage. And and now 10 years later, I'm saying, that's the biggest thing (laughs) missing from marriage is that constant pursuit. You need to continue to pursue Mm -hmm. not only them, but understanding who they are and what they're about and what they need from you and, and how you can meet those needs. Yep.
1: Yep. That's, that's a great point. So in physical touch, you have to be aware don't, don't ignore your partner's signals or the time they may need. A, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like when they turn towards you and bend over, like uh, I scratch my back. When they put their back in your face, that, but no, <laughs> no, a good back rub when, when they need one or uh, uh, when touch is important. And again, touches when you're meeting their needs. Touch physical touches for them, not for you. We get the we get the icing on the cake from doing that. But it's again trying to meet their need. So try some of these at home. And in fact, if you, if you have some that work for you, let us know. Email us send uh, any of the ways you can contact us. Let us know what worked for you or what you might have tried or uh, that you thought, man, if you would have told them this on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you uh, how you meet your partner's love languages.
0: Yeah, so you can, uh, you can get in touch with us a bunch of different ways. And uh, one is that you can go on Facebook, facebook.com backslash uh, then we also have an Instagram, and that's Instagram and at RP Podcast, and then uh, also on Twitter at The RP Podcast. Um, we also have a website, and you can go there for any of our social media, any of our podcasts, um, any information you, you might want to know about us is right there, and that is at rppodcast.com. Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed this, this uh, time and, and talking uh, and discussing what it means to communicate and to, to really know your partner well. And, and we hope that that is something that impacted you, that helped you out. And uh, if it did, we, we just want you to give us some feedback on that and and uh, just let us know how we can uh, continue to help in that pursuit. So um, until next time, uh, we hope you have a great week and that you try out some of those uh, different things that Gary, Gary said to do about love languages and uh, hopefully you have some success. Until next time, hope you have a great one.